0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Strike a Post Photo Boots podcast. This is Jim, the tech manager, coming to you from the secret location under the train station. This week's episode, we are going to talk about copyright laws because a lot of questions come up about this time of year uh, with holidays and everything about downloading images from the internet to use on your template, to use as a uh, green screen background. So we're going to, go over what needs to happen if you're going to use any of these images. Now, this comes with a disclaimer, of course. This is not legal advice. This is purely information, and if you have any questions or concerns, it is highly suggested that you contact an attorney, uh, particularly one who is versed in copyright law. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about copyright and images. So, we're going to start out right at the beginning, basically saying if you do not own the copyright to an image, meaning you did not create it, don't use it. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's the safest measure. There's a lot of stuff out there on the internet uh, that you can download. I mean, it's just, you know, crazy. Billions of images of all kinds. And When you're going out there, you need to be cognizant of the fact that while they may be available in a gallery, like say on Google, the creator of that image may not want that being used in a commercial or any uh, venue. So let's talk a little bit about what copyright is in in the first place. So right from the copyright office, a copyright is a form of intellectual property law protects original works of authorship, including literary, dramatic, musical, and artistic works. So this basically means anything that is created uh, by hand, that can be music, art, you know, uh, novels, anything like that. The person who creates it owns the copyright to it. And the copyright grants these five following rights to that creator. Those rights being the right to reproduce the copyrighted work, the right to prepare derivative works based upon the original work the right to distribute copies of the work to the public the right to perform the copyrighted work publicly and the right to display the copyrighted work publicly so those are the five things that a creator is granted under the copyright act and it gives them pretty much complete control now some time ago there was an act introduced, and it's called the Fair Use Act. And this is what gets a lot of people in trouble. Fair Use was created so that copyrighted works could be used for specific purposes without the permission of the creator. And to kind of keep everybody safe, there are four very specific factors that are involved in what constitutes something eligible uh, under the Fair Use Act. Now for something to be considered eligible under the Fair Use Act, the first factor that has to be met is regards the purpose and character of the use. Fair use indicates that nonprofit educational purposes are generally favored over commercial uses. The statute states uh, several purposes especially appropriate for use, such as use in criticism, comment, news, reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research. These activities are also common and important at the university level. A lot of research and uh, lesson planning and teaching requires the use of some copyrighted material. For example, a course in literature is going to want to use excerpts from the literary masterpieces, Uh, especially recent ones that are protected under copyright, uh, under fair use. This is one of the factors that they can meet to use that in order to educate other people on it. Now, the second factor is nature of the copyrighted work. And what that basically comes down to is, has the work been published? Because the copyright owner is granted the right of first publication. So, for example, if somebody were to find... uh, some personal letters from someone and thought that those would be good to put into a book or a biography, if the writer of those letters has not originally given those to the public, then that's going to be a bit of a tough argument to be able to use that if they haven't previously been released. Factor three, the amount or substantiality of the proportioned use. So if you wanted to, and again, we'll use a novel because that is uh, an understandable quantity. Now, under fair use, if you meet these first two factors, on the third factor, if you want to use a portion of a writing, then that would probably factor in as yes, that would meet factor three. If you were trying to argue that you wanted to publish an entire book that has already been published, that would probably go poorly. Now, factor four, the effect of the use on the potential market or for the value of the work. So what this basically means is if you could have realistically purchased or licensed the copyrighted work, then it's not going to meet that requirement. So for fair use to be claimed, you have to meet all four of these factors. Now, when this comes down to the photo booth, what this basically means is when you go out and you find clip art and you just randomly pull it down you are more than likely in violation of copyright law. Now, when you do go out looking for things, in a little bit we'll talk about uh, some stock image sites that you can go and purchase images or license them for use. And in the episode description, I will have a document that will contain all of this information as well as some links to some other sites that have more information on copyright law uh, as well as these uh, stock image sites that we're going to talk about. Now, I will concede that this information is dry and not very thrilling, but it is vitally important to your business to understand how you're going to work with materials that you do not create, especially for creating templates or using things for a um, background for a green screen. Now, the easiest way to get around all this, of course, is to just create your own images, your own clip arts, things like that. Uh, The second thing is to hire somebody who will create images for you, uh, designs, things that you can do for your templates or create for, again, green screen backgrounds. But if you don't have the budget for that and you don't have access to someone like that, then the next best thing is to, of course, go shopping for things that already exist. Now, when you're out looking for clip art and you don't want to uh, purchase a pre-designed template... There are sites like deviantart.com where tons and tons of artists put up their designs, their pictures, um, all kinds of stuff. And you can go to that site and they have contact for the artist. If you find something that you really like, contact that individual. Do it by email, not by phone, because getting this in writing and email constitutes as as written, then that's going to be the best way to secure permission and just say, hey, I'm running a photo booth. I'd love this artwork. I'd like to use it as a background for a green screen. And they'll let you know whether you can or can't or whether you have to pay them. And that pretty much puts the matter at rest. Another avenue of safety is when you do find something, again, go to the original site. So like in Google, you can bring up the image, you can go, there's a link usually at the bottom and it says view on original site, so go there and this may be a site that is free it may say like freeclipart.com. very basic licensing terms read those generally using those on a photo booth strip is fine so if you can go somewhere that's a verifiable free site for clip art and images and things like that then again you are in the clear as long as you get it from that site not just download a thumbnail or replication of the image because you might be downloading something that was linked to another site and was linking to that site and that might violate the license agreement now there are sites that have clip art or actual photographs uh, particularly of interest to those who are doing green screen and what you can do is you can visit those sites and they have their own licensing terms they have different licensing agreements you're going to want to read those carefully whether it's a one-time use whether it's perpetual license Uh, whether it's only in digital format, meaning you cannot print it so you wouldn't be able to use it on the uh, photo strip because that would constitute printed media. They're all pretty self-explanatory, and the language is very dry at times, uh, particularly with Getty Images. So if you go to gettyimages.com, that will take you to a site that has stock photography images, that you can license. Uh, you're not actually purchasing the image. You're basically purchasing a license to use that for whatever specified purpose um, that particular license agrees to accommodate. And again, it's not just photographs, there are plenty of sites out there for clip art. I mean, it's a huge market, everybody needs clip art. Not everybody is an artist. I myself, I take my own photographs, that's fine. But my artistic qualities in drawing are fairly limited, and I was being very kind in saying that. So if you're going to take this journey to start looking for free images, free clip art, you can go ahead and just type in free clip art. Rather than type in free clip art, paper clip, free clip art, Paisley, to get a specific uh, type of design, it's just easier to type in free clip art find an image that you like, and then view original, and it should take you to a site like freeclipart.com, freeart.com. It could be any number of things. Just look it over carefully. Make sure that it says specifically in uh, either the About section or the Terms section uh, that these images are available for download for free, and you can use them however you wish. And generally, the clip art is more typically free than the photographs. Uh, stock image sites like Getty Images, uh, Fotalia, iStock, uh, Cutcaster, these things are, exist specifically to market photographs. And for photographers, marketing your photograph is you know pretty much your bread and butter. Most of the licenses on those sites allow you to use that image repeatedly. Uh, again, just verify whether it's uh, being allowed for electronic use or print use or both, because uh, again that's extremely specific. Now circling back to the clip art, there's a lot of things that you can do when you have to work with customers to verify. Now when you work with a business or an organization that sends you their logo, then you have don't have anything to worry about. Logos, if they are using their logo and they send it to you, obviously you have their permission. Um, they purchased it from someone who designed it or designed it themselves takes away a lot of the ambiguity. Now, when you have someone, and I'll use for existence something that came up recently, uh, someone who wants to design their own photo strips and not just send you the images, but design it themselves, you need to be crystal clear on with them on the fact that they cannot use any images that they do not own. And in this particular example, somebody wanted to create a Disney strip for a birthday party using Disney characters. Uh, They wanted to create it themselves and send it to the owner. That is an absolute no-no. That would not go well. And, you know, you can look at it like, what are the odds of Disney finding out that this was used? I would look at it, more importantly, on the legal stance of what's going to happen if they find out. And the answer is going to be nothing good. Generally, you get a cease and desist letter. Um, They may want to claim damages, uh, anything like that. And that's just not something you want to put your business um, up against. So if you have someone giving you images, make sure that they own them, make sure they didn't go out themselves and pull them down from a website. If they say, yep, I have the permissions, they well then show me the email or the contract, but do everything you can to protect yourself in that situation. Cause it is just terribly important to, you know, be on the up and up with this. Now we're coming up to sports season, Uh, NFL is kicking off, and this brings us to a whole different kind of thing. We're not talking about copyright so much as we are talking about trademarks, and it's the same kind of rules for copyright. Basically, NFL is really particular about protecting their trademarks, so if you're doing an event and they want some sort of football theme, uh, specific team, anything like that, be aware The NFL does not license use of their trademarks without permission. So even using the NFL logo, any of the team logos, anything like that, you are going to want to try and contact uh, the NFL. They have a lot of uh, contact information on their website. Uh, You can contact the individual teams if you wish and see about using those logos for that particular purpose. And I say this because, again, there's a lot of parties that are going to be coming up, uh, particularly as we roll towards the Super Bowl in January, and the whole concept of using that artwork could be potentially a problem for you. So, you know, get into that by going to the websites and, you know, making the contact, you know, make the effort. Now, about making contact with people, so say you find a, a piece of artwork or a clip art, that you want to use and you try to reach out to the artist. If they do not respond or you don't get anything within like a week's time, then move on. Don't assume that because you can't contact them that it's gonna be okay because, you know, I tried. It doesn't work like that. Putting in the effort does not absolve you from using something without permission. So to recap that, basically, if you don't have permission to use it, don't use it. If you find something and you really wanna use it, Make every effort to contact the artist, be very you know, point blank with them, what you want to do with it. You want to use it on a photo strip for an event, things like that. A lot of the clip art folks and the art folks, they will go ahead and let you do that. Some of them may require you pay a licensing fee for it uh, for that one time use. You know, it's it's usually not much. So go ahead and make that effort. But the bottom line is to protect yourself And again, if you have any questions at all and you need any clarification on anything, it's in your best interest to consult an attorney, uh, one who is versed in copyright law, and they can give you the plain uh, layman's terms on what you can and cannot do or what you should do in a particular situation. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, If you have any questions about anything, go ahead and send an email to podcast at sappb.com. We love having those come in. Love reading them. Uh, Anything for suggestions, uh, any success stories, uh, anything going on, just go ahead and let us know. And also check the episode website because there will be a PDF with all of this information that I talked about on it with some links uh, not only to the stock image sites but sources including the Copyright Office and some uh, links to some sites by copyright attorneys and it kind of puts it all in perspective for you so you can get a little bit more information and know how to tackle it. So thank you for listening, and until next week, this is Jim. I'm going to wish you all happy booting.